Hello, Playdate. This is Ryan. This is Nick. And we lack Dawn. Nevertheless, we are still covering Playdate news, recent indie releases, and drowning our missing co-host sorrow in the most unbridled of boo-boo-boo-boops in Dawn's absence. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. Let's get started indeed. <laughs> Nicholas Cornelius Baldridge. It's so good yeah. to be here with you. I'm so bummed that Don is not here. Uh, it's yes. never the same when there's not three of us, but we are going to sally forth regardless. Um, hey, so uh, we've been talking about this episode, you and me, for a while. We're just going to talk about ourselves the whole time, right? You can talk about Drain Pinball, <laughs> drainpinball.com. I can talk about my upcoming book that I've been living, breathing, and sleeping, which is at onebiteatatimebook.com. Which one of us should self-promote first for the rest of the episode? <laughs> Uh, neither. Let's, uh, let's hop into our actual news and notes. News and notes. Oh, did I mention first news item is that this episode without Dawn, we will have unbridled boops. Okay. Well, (laughs) aside from that, Ryan, did you know this is our 40th episode? This is our 40th episode. I am so excited that we have a little milestone here. Uh, so that's real neat. It does it. Does it feel like it's been more episodes to you? I sort of feel like it's been more episodes, but not in a bad way. Just feel like we've done a bunch of them. What do you think? Uh, yeah, so, some days, uh, especially when the boobs are real heavy, uh, it definitely. Uh, we're going to make it like feel like episode 50 today then. All right, moving right along with our news and notes. Uh, I wanted to say a big congratulations to our contest winners at Kukramoni at Proteon. And at 12,000 ants, all of those fine folks were winners of a free download for realistic fishing on our Discord channel, which is a great opportunity for us to say that there are amazing things happening over on our Discord community. So uh, please come on over to the Hello Playdate Discord where Don and Nick participate a whole bunch. And once in a while when I'm at it, then I might come over as well. Uh, But with that said... We also wanted to send a sincere thanks to Toad, the developer of Realistic Fishing, for the download codes. That was so, so cool of you. And hey, who knows? There might be more of such giveaways on our Discord. Uh, if you hop over there and also, hey, devs, you got a, div- a giveaway, uh, contact a, a more involved host like Don. Uh, you can email us at, what is that again? Play Hello Playdate. Hello Playdate Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. These are these are all things. That's true. Um, Fantastic. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Thank you for your contribution there. I kind of took all that though, didn't I? Do you want to read the next one? Uh, big thanks to Toad for uh, providing those codes. And, Already uh, said that. Panic announces that. Oh, sorry. I, I'm also saying thank you. Um, okay. Anyway, yeah. So Panic says that now we can search in the catalog app. Yeah. Uh, that's that's real handy. That is neat. Another neat thing that Panic did is that they announced the ability to wish list on catalog. Uh, we've got a linkification here in the show notes. At least we will once this is uploaded. And you know what? I said to Panic, hey, Panic, uh, this is really cool. But what exactly does this allow us to do? Uh, just be reminded of a game when it's released? Or can this function as a publicly viewable list so that friends can purchase games for one another? I would love that functionality. And speaking of uh, a recently mentioned developer, Toad also chimed in to say, yes, I'd also love that. Uh, That was three whole days ago. So we have not heard anything from Panic since. Um, Keep hoping that we do, because man, that would be some killer functionality. I don't know if I'm extraordinarily excited about a wish list that just reminds you of a game that's here now but man how cool would that be to be able to like purchase stuff for friends like how how are you envisioning this wish listing uh, thing nick uh well as it exists today yeah a reminder that things are out now is helpful because catalog has a few different items where they're promoting them early before release so if you're interested in one of those games then there's really no way to interact with it even though the listing is up on catalog without that wish list feature so 
um, it makes some sense. Um, what you're describing, the ability to see somebody else's wish list and then interact with it, um, would function similarly to services like Steam, uh, but they have a whole social infrastructure that is tied into that, which uh, Panic does not uh, under the Playdate um, website nope. anyway. Please don't tell so, me practical things like how complicated this is to make. It's complicated, so i I don't know. I don't know that that will ever come to pass. But if oh, it does, um, that'd be neat. Ryan, you can always uh, send me cash in the mail. <laughs> so that, this, that's this always is, a thing you can do. This is the point in the episode where Nick rattles off his cash app uh, <laughs> yeah. name. At exactly. Sign. I'm so old. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. It is, well, uh, it is not uh, not legal to send cash through the mail. Or maybe it is legal, but it's not advisable. Maybe okay. that's it. All right. Well, thanks to Panic for adding some functionality to Catalog. Thank you to Nick for dashing my hopes and dreams. Um, the next thing we have <laughs> on to. our news and notes is that a yellow square jam was recently announced. And I want to first send out some thanks to Pizza Dev for alerting us to this. And this is an upcoming Playdate jam, game jam, creation of the games jam for the Playdate. And guess what this game jam is doing? It's giving away a brand new Playdate. Is that amazing or what? Yeah, that's, wins, that's incredible. Whoever wins this is getting a brand new unopened Playdate handheld. There are uh, a bunch of rules that I'm not going to talk about here because that makes for bad podcasting. But we do have a link in the show notes for today uh, that's going to take you right there and get you all started and set up for jamming on those games. This starts on October 1st and runs through October 29th. So once this is uploaded, it'll be starting in four days. Very cool. Uh, Looks like it's being hosted by Gurm Home, G-R-H-M Home. So Gurm Home, thank you for getting this started. And boy, howdy, do we look forward to uh, checking out some new James. Nick, what are you thinking about this game, Yam? Are you going to hop in here? Um, no, but I'm, I'm always very excited to see, uh, what, what comes out of these. These are always very interesting experiments and, uh, I think they encourage some, some interesting development. Nicholas, I feel like you're teasing us every, every episode you talk about these, uh, you know, wild hairs that you have about developing for the play date. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about all our listeners, but I know that I'm anxiously awaiting and I'm getting impatient. <laughs> Tell me what's going on with you and the Playdate and jamming and developing. Uh, well, jamming is a, a specific subset where you're trying to to knock out a game as quickly as possible following the rules of whatever the jam is. So, Yes, um, yes. But when do you get involved? When do, when do I get involved with yes. the jam? Yes. Uh, developing or jamming yet. or developing a jam? Developing, I've been developing. So I'm working on uh, features to a single use maybe engine right now and um english please uh okay so i'm making parts of a game uh these parts of the game have to operate together without crashing (laughs) in order for the game to function so um that is going on uh but i'm doing it in lua uh so the playdate sdk comes in lua and c flavors and i'm more comfortable programming in c but I wanted to kind of branch out and learn Lua. But Lua is uh, more tasty. Lua is faster for prototyping. Okay. And it is also uh, a little more featureful slash easy to use with the Playdate SDK. Uh, like there's some more kind of helper functionality buried in the, the Lua portion at the moment, um, which is, is cool. Uh, but... Uh, it's like learning a new language and then trying to write a book at the same time in that language. So it's, uh, you know, it's not as fast as, as one might imagine. So Nick, you're dashing um, my hopes again. You're telling me things are complicated and they take a long time. And I like that. They do. And yeah, sorry. Um, (laughs) but I am working on it every day. Awesome. That's very cool. Again, in all sincerity, I am looking forward to whatever you're bringing. Is there any chance that we, that we could do a scoop. We could get a scoop from you. Can you tell us a little bit about the game? It has uh, pinball machine connectivity. Uh-huh. That, that I will tell you at this point. Okay. But 
that, you heard it here first folks yeah. <laughs> uh anything so else you can it, drop on us no no uh, I'm, not, I'm not ready to go on to I the think, next news item i'm still trying to get some information from you <laughs> i think we can we can talk about the next news item you ready <sighs> size and don's absence yes let's talk about bifusion so this was a uh ryan pick of the week pixel panel game i had to scroll mm-hmm. down to the show notes to see what that was called this was a ryan pixel panel pick of the week episode uh, a while back i don't know if you remember this or not but you bonk balls into each other uh, yeah. with varying numbers and they add together and um then eventually they crashed when you made a ball that made 64 um that was not supposed to happen so by fusion has received an update um it's supposed to fix the issue where those two 64 balls colliding would crash the game. So that's nice to hear. Um, a couple of developments that came out over the course of this uh, update release was that the game is open source. Uh, and also the developer did not test this release. <laughs> Evidently, they just sort of accepted a pull request from a community member to release it. Um, so they just sort of, I guess, tossed out what they had. Is that what you were getting out of this, Nick? Or have you not looked into this? So, uh, since it's open source, anybody can download the source code and then make changes or fix things. Right. So what they did is they downloaded it. They issued a patch that corrected this 264 balls colliding each other, uh, and then pushed it back to the dev and the dev said, okay, and issued a, a new build. That's it. Okay. Um, so they they didn't actually test it themselves, according to this news item. But uh, it, it's really cool that such a thing can happen. So very very neat. Indeed. Well, man, that's going to make that game uh, give it a whole lot more longevity if it doesn't crash once those ball numbers get too high. So fantastic. Um, that probably takes us to our next uh, news and note, which is the fact that Pixel Ghost of Life's Too Short fame uh, now has a little merch shop over on the Etsy. So if you hop over to that URL that's in the show notes for today, uh, it's etsy.com slash shop slash Pixel Ghost UK. It's going to show you a number of different items from buttons on up to mugs and tote bags. But I think the uh, far and away winner of the bunch here is the Life's Too Short Bento Box. It's got a nice little Jehost on it with the uh, little haunted house in the background and the uh, title of the game. Uh, Looks like it holds a number of cheese sandwiches and additional cheese and nuts to boot so uh if you're interested in helping out a dev i'm sure pixel ghost would not mind sending you a bento box uh via their etsy store do you take a look at any of this uh fantastic merch here nicholas yeah uh great staging photos very impressive um i uh think that's really cool yeah it popped open the the store um everybody check it out Get get some more pixel ghosts out in the world. Very cool. And last but not least, for our doobie boop boop news and notes doobie doo doo boop boop items, I'm trying to jam those in the middle so they cannot be edited out. Uh, is a catalog drop. So catalog tossed some games our way today. And Nick, what do you think about these games? I feel like they're a uh, murderer's row of our pixel panel. Uh, selections um are are we just uh, curating catalog for panic is that what's happening uh seems to be no no i don't think so i do um i can't open links as you know uh right oh. now but i know as... there was a point and click uh game that i'm very much looking forward to playing okay and i haven't played the itch version yet so let me tell you what's coming then first of mm-hmm. all we've got castle Tintagel, 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 Tintagel is uh, up top and showcased in a gigantic screenshot from the title screen, uh, looking beautiful as it does. Uh, We talked about Castle Tintagel, and I believe that was a Pixel Panel Pick of the Week, if I'm not mistaken. Fantastic. Uh, So that's the first one. You've heard about it here, and you heard about it here first. Um, And now it's on catalog, so more people can play it. Also, guess what else is on catalog? Your least favorite pixel panel pick of mine, Picky Ricky. 
Picky Ricky is now on catalog and I am so happy for it because I super love that game and evidently Panic did too. So I'm taking that to mean that I was right and you were wrong. Uh, <laughs> another really interesting game that I've not heard of before is called Crankshaft. Nick, have you heard of this game? It's got the perfect name. Um, so it's, uh, I, I'm not sure what it is. Is it a puzzle game? I think Don stole us about it before in inventory. Okay, that makes sense. I probably wasn't listening. So that one is where a ball is rolling on this like uh, thin cylinder horizontally across the screen. And this mm -hmm. little bar, the cylinder has a number of like different pac-man shapes on it so if you ram into the the pac-man itself you know you bonk into it but if you run through the pac-man mouth then you don't bonk into it and so you're basically like trying to turn this uh crankshaft uh to allow the ball to continue speeding through looks really interesting looks like it's six bucks and uh boy howdy i've never heard of it before looks real interesting it's three-dimensional looks like it can get pretty 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 fast um i feel like it's one of those games where you probably have to memorize what's happening rather than like uh see what's coming next and be able to re react accordingly um i don't know haven't tried it before so uh looks interesting to me do you have any thoughts about my verbal description nick uh sounds cool i'm i'm interested in playing it excellent um was this the adventure game you were talking about you cannot go back no no we've we've talked about this one before oh yes, yeah I that, was, wow. that was a ryan pick i think boy howdy um excellent boy good on me um you cannot go back is now available on catalog for three whole dollars made by tim martin this is the one where there's like different puzzles and dungeons that you're making your way through um and you can go forward, but you cannot go back in rooms, hence the title. Um, I remember this being real fun. It's been a little while since I've played it. Uh, I'd imagine there are some updates since the itch version, though. Um, looks great. Hey, congrats, Tim Martin. Uh, after that, we've got Pulpergeist. That's by, the one. By Crandaddy. Uh, this, as the name might suggest, looks like it was made in pulp. I'm assuming it was. Uh, have not really had the time to uh, click adventure game made for Playdate with Pulp. Yes, confirmed in the description there. Um, looks like a fun one. Nick, you said you were looking forward to this one. Tell me why. Yeah. Uh, point and click adventure. You have me at that opening line. Okay, fantastic. Um, and I think, I think, I think that's it because the next one is Resonant Tale. I think that came out last time we talked, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think so too because there's like pulse and Slitherlink, pd and doink i remember talking about doink uh so i think that's it five of them this week uh if i am not mistaken so nicholas any closing thoughts on our boop 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 news and notes doobity boop uh no we're moving on to indie inventory indie and... inventory uh so before we get into this i just wanted to send a reminder rate and review and then i have a note here 10 stars only so, uh just to clarify we're talking about the games not our podcast so right. if you can rate and review these <laughs> games that would be fantastic i am a little um uh trepidatious that you said that right after i boop because i feel like we're gonna get zero stars but um the games don't review the don't games. worry Give no one will hear the boops. It's okay. fine. No, um. don't even tease me, Nicholas. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Have you heard of Bazooka Cat by Kuro Minon? I have now, and I've played it as a matter of fact. <gasps> I have too, Ryan. Ooh, we did our me. due diligence. Don yes. is going to be so proud this episode. I don't know about that, but. Boops um, aside. Yeah. How, what did you think? I thought this was really interesting. So basically it's sort of a uh, missile command type of <laughs> uh, play mechanic where you're uh, moving a turret back and forth and shooting incoming objects, except that the turret is a little kitty cat and holding a gigantic uh, bazooka firing thing of some sort. Uh, yeah. I prefer the term love cannon, but I think he's firing love up to these, like they sort of look like little playdate things that are floating around in the air. Um, anyhow, you're trying to murder playdates that are flying in the air. And also every once in a while, there are gigantic oil drums 
that come falling out of the sky. I've not figured out either of those things yet, but uh, you want to take them out. I think I got up to like level 10 or so. Um, wow. And I had a fair number of combos. I think I got up to like 20 combos at one point. But uh, yeah, I, I put in a few games on this one. Uh, but those are my thoughts. What are yours, Nick? Uh, I'm excited to play more. I've I only played one game, but uh, I enjoyed what I played. Um, I was really focused on combos. So uh, anytime there's a big visible combo count, uh, it's been drilled into me through endless sessions of DDR that I just need to focus on that. <laughs> and uh, so that's what I worked on. But um, I will so what say, what was your what was your highest combo point uh, combo score oh, for your singular game that you played? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> nine hundred eighty. No, I don't know. You beat me. Twenty. I don't know. Um, but I will say You're very diplomatic. <laughs> I will say that uh, it is really smooth. It's a it's a very uh, smooth game, despite the size of the sprites and how action heavy it is. Uh, I was very impressed. Indeed, I feel like that's a theme that's going to run throughout the episode into our pixel panel. Uh, foreshadowing. But for now, let's move past Bazooka Cat over to what else you got for us, Nick? Uh, Bazooka Cat is free, by the way. Ah, thank uh, you for saying that. All right. Next, uh, Ad Jam, which uh, came out with a couple of uh, little uh, jam type applications, one of which was called Micro Game for Playdate. Uh, if you're familiar with the WarioWare series, uh, these are like little WarioWare esque uh, mini games. Uh, there is a similar application, the Mobware mini games um, or micro games on, on uh, early in the playdates lifecycle on itch. Um, this one is name your price, and uh, I played this one. Um, did you play this one by any chance? I did, and boy howdy, was I confused. I can't wait for you to tell me <laughs> how to play this game. Okay, so uh, there are a couple of different play mechanics. Um, one of which is something's making noise and you've got to dock the crank. If the crank is docked, you have to undock it and then redock it. Uh, the other thing is um, that you have to crank to eat something. So there's a lollipop a or a banana or something like that piece of cake. And uh, so you're either rapidly cranking or you're hiding the crank, one or the other. And then you move on to the next micro game. Uh, as you complete a certain number of them, I think it's 10, um, it speeds up. It reduces your timer. So you start with like a, a countdown timer that starts at 60, but it's not 60 seconds, it's 60 ticks, you know, whatever those are. And um, then the next round, it's 50 and on and on. So I got down to the 20 uh, or maybe 15. Oh, wow. 20 or 15. And uh, I wanted to see how far I could go, but I got distracted and lost. Um, this game repeats... Uh, endlessly so i didn't realize i had lost at first which was mm. um that was a little frustrating because i was like wait a minute <laughs> my timer's all the way back up at 60 did i loop it or what and maybe i did i don't know but um anyway it's a it's a cool seed of an idea and i hope to uh see some more of it see it expand in the future all right i'll have to give that another try uh i did not rtf itch page so i probably should have done that because i was looking around the game for like instructions even in the menu button it didn't give anything so uh yeah i, guess... I don't think the itch page shows anything really either i just oh, really uh, experimented yeah you just figured that out with your big old brain all right fine uh so next ryan tell me about oh by the way micro game for playdate is name your own price uh okay. but ryan next up is two cells games crank and watch which is also name your own price but what is it exactly? who we nick baldridge this gets yeah. me very excited because this is one of the best nintendo game and watch games octopus uh this is a very faithful recreation of said game uh lovingly recreated and it allows you to control the player in a number of different ways via the D-pad back and forth or up and down. You can also use the buttons, the A, bu a and B buttons. Uh, I think just one of them make you go down and then you have to come back using the D-pad, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can also use the crank to move your diver down and move your diver back up. If you are unfortunate 
enough to not have played this game. Let me explain it a little further. Basically, you are a little diver on the top left-hand screen, and you are floating in a boat, and there's a gigantic octopus with tentacles extending and retracting in multiple different ways. And it's your job to sort of traverse the outside edge of the screen, come down the left-hand side of the screen and down the bottom of the screen to go toward a treasure where you can start picking up treasures. Uh, and every time you click toward that treasure box, you get another point. And or if you reach the treasure box and then come back up to the ship, regardless of how many treasures you've stolen from said octopus, it will then give you three additional points once you return safely to your boat. You get three divers. Um, it's a point chaser. And what a glorious point chaser it is. Um, that's how you play octopus. And it's uh, the same way for the playdate version as well. Like I said, very faithfully reconstructed. Uh, I had a great time. Nick, did you try this game? I did not, what? Um, but I do have to ask, does it have an alarm feature? <laughs> oh man, I didn't look into that. That's a fine question uh, because uh, as Nintendo uh, so appropriately named those games, Game and Watch, <clears throat> excuse me, Game and Watch, uh, part of their functionality was a watch and had an alarm. So uh, man, I'll have to dig into that a little deeper, but that's a good <laughs> deep cut question, Nick. Thank you for asking that. No problem. Um, that is very exciting. That That's a super fun game. It raises the bar for recreations of that kind because I thought it was done so extremely well, uh, which is to say this next game, sorry, don't mean to steal your thunder, from Druvirus, Druvirus, Drowvirus, um, is called Highway. This is another name your price game. And if we didn't mention it already, uh, the Crank and Watch Octopus game uh, was also name your price. Anyhow, back to Drew Virus's Highway. Highway is another recreation of an old LCD game, just like Nintendo Game and Watches. This was not a Game and Watch game, but it was another uh, fixed sprite LCD game. Um, and one that I had not played before. So I thought that was kind of interesting to jump in. But with that said, um, I thought the graphics on Highway left a little bit to be desired in terms of um, polish and readability. I feel like I could tell what they were going for. And I think what they were going for is, you know how in some of those fixed sprite LCD games, they will occasionally include like some some background elements that are just static and don't go anywhere. They're like a, a little painted film in the back mm -hmm. just to give yeah. you a little more environmental flavor. Well, I think they were trying to recreate that with some dithering behind the sprites in the playdate. And consequently, it made the, you know, the playdate grayish screen a little darker gray and then you've got a little darker for some elements and then the sprites are black it just made it so that there was not a very high contrast there and i wish they would have just left out that dithered background i think it kind of muddies the situation not only that but there's some like weird haloing around the sprites in this game uh i think they probably did that to try to mitigate that low contrast between the sprites and the environment, but it just made it look a little bit dirty and not quite authentic. So uh, the reason I wanted to hear what you said about Octopus that I thought you were going to say it raised the bar. I thought Octopus raised the bar. And so to have Drew Virus's Highway come out the same two-week period as a fixed sprite recreation that I think really raised that bar was a little bit rough for Highway. So yes, it's another fixed sprite game. Yes, I played it. Yes, I had fun with it. But when it's compared to Crank and Watch Octopus, um, man, it's it's hard to jump into Highway with great excitement after that. That's what I thought anyway. Did you have a chance to play Highway, Nick? Uh, no. Oh man, I'm playing all these games. All right. Well, with that said, what's the next one? Uh, the next one is by Wen Yu Sao, and it's called Dino. And this was Name Your Own Price. Uh, if you have ever used Google Chrome and you've lost the ability to connect to the internet at any point, this is a little Easter egg game that shows up. 
uh, where you're a little dinosaur and you can jump and that's it. Uh, unless you dive into the code behind it and then you can change some parameters. But uh, in th this game, it is simply a recreation of that little mini game on the play date, but it's notable for a couple of things. First, let's talk about the gameplay. Um, the gameplay is distinct from the browser little mini game in that uh, the jumping prowess of your little dinosaur is vastly improved. Hmm. <laughs> um, you, you can jump way higher and farther as uh, this little dino uh, than you can in the browser, at least so my memory tells me. Um, but the other thing that's even more exciting about this is that it's written in Rust. Uh, Ryan, does that excite you? So much. Uh, maybe okay. even more so if I knew what that meant. All right. Well, I'm here to tell you. So uh, Rust is another programming language. Uh, it is not one of the two that's supported by the Playdate SDK, which would be C or Lua, but it is um, based on C, as most programming languages are, uh, and it has a lot of similarities with C in that you have low-level control of a device. Not the lowest level of control, but fairly low level. And uh, most importantly, it's a safe language. So it was developed as a way to make a version of C that is more difficult to uh, break, either intentionally or unintentionally. <laughs> And you can you can break a C program in different ways and access memory that you shouldn't be able to access those kind of things. So it's a it's a much safer uh, version of that. And the reason is because of how it's constructed, you know, behind the scenes. But um, anyway, uh, the exciting part about this is that you can create a game for the playdate in Rust, and it is performant and uh, it works very well. So um, that's pretty exciting to me. I've never programmed in Rust uh, seriously, but it is something that I've been keeping an eye on and I've poked at a couple of times. So I'm much more interested in um, seeing uh, what else can be made with this, uh, especially the Playdate SDK uh, C version um, adds some kind of... Uh, special functionality that is not present in base C, um, but it is it is not uh, like C++ style. So um, so anyway, this is this is intriguing and I'm not explaining this at all well. And I've probably made some kind of horrible technical mistake in this description. But at any rate, uh, Dino, it's uh, name your own price and it's on itch. No, you were on a roll, man. That was very interesting. And uh, you taught me a new word. I now know that performant means functioning well or as expected. <laughs> I've yeah. never heard that uh, before. I guess I haven't developed enough games. Uh, well, speaking of performant, how did you perform on this next one? I did not at all. I didn't either. But Ryan, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Uh, this is a game by Club B. Hewson, and it's called Simply Sudoku. And it's mm. name your own price. Now, Ryan, are you a Sudoku fan? I have nothing against Sudoku, but uh -oh. I am not a Sudoku filler outer. That is not me. I don't do that very much. Do you? Are you a crossword person? Does a that cross what? A crossword person? A cross what? Nice, Ryan. Nice. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, Sudoku is a, a fun little puzzle, and um, you're filling out squares from one to ten. Uh, it's cool to see a nice featureful version on the Playdate. So, Ryan, with Club B. Hughes Simply Sudoku, that brings us to the end of our Envy inventory. Nice. Which I almost it... said properly. <laughs> well, I will uh, mention that Simply Sudoku is name your own price. I don't know if we said that. Maybe we did. I just tuned out. Okay, sorry about that. Anyway, I'll say it again, I suppose. Which mm -hmm. um, brings us to our humidity boop 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 pixel bitty boop boop panelty boop boop. Try editing that one, Nickel de boop 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 illis, and see how that works out. Uh, but today's pixel panel is being driven by our one and only Nick Baldridge. What'd you pick for us, Nick? 
Sorry, I was timing how much I needed to cut there. Um, <laughs> so today's pixel panel is called Escapeon, and it's made by Digicarot. Yes. Uh, there, I thought I put the price here, but it's it says free uh, question mark name your price question mark uh can you tell me how much it is yeah it's um not listed and when i click download oh. i think that it um just downloads it it doesn't tell me oh like, that's hey that's you it's a free game yeah you you paid something or uh allows right. me to pay something it just instantly downloads it which is bonkers because i mean this game nick you want to tell us about it yeah um so this game is a a vertical scrolling space shooter. If you're familiar with the genre, uh, there's a number of computer games that came out in the 80s, early 90s, uh, where uh, games like 1942 or 1943, um, games like Major Striker and other shareware greats, uh, where you're in some kind of plane type thing and you're shooting stuff that is flying at you or behind you or around you. And this is one of those, but it has a few unique twists. Um, first of all, the, the player starts in the center of the screen. And unlike most other games of this type, the first enemies that you see actually come from behind. So if you slam down to the bottom of the screen, you're going to explode. Um, the other thing that's really unique and interesting about this game is that uh, it has a 3D background, which is constantly rotating. The further down the screen you are, the more of it you see. Um, and it cycles through very fast. Uh, it's impressively fast, in yeah, fact. Agreed. Um, but if you imagine a cylinder rolling, that's essentially uh, what you're seeing. So there's a a horizon point where it looks like things are curved and uh, everything kind of rolls over that horizon point. Um, so uh, enemies appear either in front of you or behind you, and they appear in a pattern. And memorization, as with most of these type of games, is key to progression. Um, there are three different modes, and the main one that I focused on was the uh, escape which is the story mode. Um, it's a very short story. It's only one stage, uh, but that stage took took me quite some time to complete. Um, Ryan, did that take you a little while? Oh, mercy, yes. I mean, <laughs> dozens, if not over 100, if not over 200 attempts maybe for me. I mean, so many attempts. So yes, yes, yes. So you get a lot of value for your dollar here. Um, for your zero, the... for your free, my goodness. <laughs> That was the joke. Um, yeah, it is. It's it's really uh, actually quite impressive the elation that you feel once you manage to complete a new sequence. <laughs> yes. And there's only, I don't know, Ryan, would you say it's like maybe eight to ten sequences total in that stage? Um, huh? it's, it's less than I thought there would be. You're right. And I, I think it sort of depends on what you're calling a sequence. But... Yes, there's there's less memorized obstacles than I thought there'd be. I don't know if I would commit to the number eight. I I think it might be more, but but yes, I, I think the more. sentiment that you're saying is true. Yeah, it it, it feels like um, you know there's there's not very many. However, uh, the the other aspect of this, which is unique and punishing in a in a kind of fun way, is that you only have one ship. So. <laughs> It's like a like a one ball pinball game. You you have one shot and that's it. Um, you know, for all you one ball pinball fans out there. Yeah. Um, there's me and <laughs> looking for hands. Don't see any. Um, <laughs> at any rate, it is a uh, very challenging stage. And, and that's just one of the modes. So there's two other modes. Uh, there is the daily challenge mode, uh, which I tried several times and lost every single time very oh, quickly i'm glad it's not just me oh wow <laughs> i i found that to be extremely challenging that um, that daily challenge just you know got me up in the morning and made me feel bad about myself for the rest of the day 
Um, I came you know, to it so hopeful every time. Like, okay, <laughs> I feel like I've played, you know, hundreds of the escape route at this point. So I'm, I'm probably all right now. It's going to be better today. <laughs> it never was. Not the case. Yeah. Same <laughs> for me. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page there. And then there's a third mode, um, which is, uh, from what I gather, an endless mode. I forget what it's called. Do you remember? I don't, but I'll look it up right now. Uh, but yes, I agree. It's some sort of an endless mode from what I gathered. Escape um, on. That, that mode, I was able to progress much farther in than the daily challenges, but uh, it too was very, very difficult. <laughs> mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, it's called endurance. Endurance, yeah. So I I assume that goes on forever, but maybe it's a timed thing. I don't know. Um, there's no visible timer during that mode that I saw. Same. Um, so, uh, I thought the graphics were very readable. I thought the enemy movement was, um, very, uh, interesting and each enemy type had its own kind of unique movement. And so when you saw an enemy reappear on the screen in a later sequence, you kind of knew what you were in for, which was very helpful. Um, the only, issue that i had with the graphics uh was visibility of some of the sprites on the 3d scrolling surface and because there's kind of this unique background that's scrolling the whole time um and you're uh supposed to i assume get the feeling that you're traversing all these different environments as you go um some of the environments are lighter and some of them are darker and it can be hard to see some of the sprites depending on their coloration on top of that scrolling uh, light or dark uh, environment. And the developer, I could tell, thought about that and attempted to um, make it a little easier by alternating stripes of light and dark. Even in the primarily dark um, scenes, there would be slightly lighter stripes that would be occurring. Man, um, Nick, you had me nodding vigorously for the past five minutes until you hit that point about yeah. <laughs> the legibility of the graphics. I thought this was an incredibly legible game. I don't recall any of the enemies that I had a difficult time seeing. Uh, the, the, the only portion at which I had a difficult time seeing something was when um, those first circular stationary enemies appear at the top of the screen and every once in a while i would head over and shoot all my bullets up at him and at the same time he would shoot his bullets down at me and they would sort of like cross in between and i couldn't Mm -hmm. see those bullets that he was shooting at me and then mysteriously i would die but obviously he shot some bullets at me Um, that was the only readability issue i had and i don't think it's just me because i was playing it in front of my young son and that happened And he said, what happened? Why did you die? And so I explained what I just did. And um, so anyway, that was my only legibility issue. Aside from that, I thought it was extraordinarily legible. And not only do I think that this uh, rotating slash scrolling environmental background that's happening is contributing to the feeling of different locations happening, that you're moving through different environments, but I also think that it contributes to the feeling of speed. It makes you feel like you're cruising real fast over in an environment. Because if that was blank back there, I think these uh, enemies enter at somewhat of a slow pace. And I think mm-hmm. it could feel a little less frantic if that background was not moving quite so fast. Right. Um, I'll, I'll give you a for instance, Ryan. Um if you recall towards the end of the escape sequence, oh, this there sounds are, like spoiler material. It's it's semi spoilers. There are some circular enemies. Okay, Don, which, tune out, please. <laughs> there's some circular enemies which come in from the top of the screen. Mm-hmm. And as you approach them, they explode. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, when they come on the screen, they are very hard to see depending on where that 3D background is at the time. You think so? Um, yep, definitely. Huh. I disagree. Happen- Happened every time ah, that they came on the screen. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, different right. people may have different experiences, right? It's uh, okay. We do. That's all right, though. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, I had a lot of fun with this game. I think it is well worth the free uh, that it, it costs to get into Escapeon and play. I feel like they're 
is a lot of replayability. Um, the scoring is something which I did try to kind of min-max um, and tried to figure out which enemies uh, produced the most points and tried to go for them, uh, kind of favoring those over other enemies on the screen at different points. Um, and I tried a few different approaches in my run towards the end. Um, the one which I settled upon was a particular pattern which allowed me to eliminate all the creatures, the enemies um, who happen to appear on one part of the screen in particular. Um, so, Ryan, you mentioned that it took you a few million plays or so to complete the <laughs> escape sequence. And I was curious, did you settle upon a pattern? Uh, is that how you progress through the game? Yes, uh, that, that seems to be the only way to progress through the game in my opinion uh you really have to learn those patterns they don't change thankfully this is mm -hmm. not a dynamically updating you know sequence of events that happen uh those games drive me bonkers <laughs> it makes me feel like oh my god I, I know they're supposed to extend gameplay but uh they make me feel like i'm learning something all over again every single time um and I, I, I was sort of on a tightrope on this game because I, I felt like I got to what I felt was sort of a midpoint because I saw folks on our Discord post some scores, some completion scores, and it was around the 12,000 mark. And I was hovering around like the 5,000 mark for where I would stop being able to progress and i did not know what to do uh there was one point at which there were these fire hydrant looking things with a big beam that shoots across the screen and i kept blasting the beam and i don't know why this was so difficult to get through my thick skull but uh you shoot the fire hydrant not the beam silly anyway right. that's that was the the problem that i ran into but i think that's just me i ended up reaching out to the developer orkin who um completed the game and said hey i saw you complete this can you help me with this one right here and he said oh yeah just shoot the fire hydrant and sure enough that was the key so then you've got this series of screen traverses that you need to do in order to defeat the multiple fire hydrants it was actually really interesting once you got past those first first couple to learn the sequence that you needed to do mm -hmm. um so anyhow yes to answer your question you gotta learn the sequences each and every time uh, each one of those new sections modes whatever you want to call it um has a different series of progressions you need to move through um and it was not easy that that sounds like an easy thing but man did it ever take me a long time to complete this game yeah it it took me just a, an amazing number of tries yes <laughs> yes but uh but it was it was really satisfying uh in the later parts of the stage once you figured out the sequence for me did did you get that same enjoyment from it i did yes when you were describing the surprising elation that you feel by pushing through a new um I, I hesitate to call it a puzzle but a pattern i guess um yes that did feel really good and you get that like oh my god i'm past it what's coming next <laughs> feeling. yeah and uh yeah that was really fun uh it, it is it, it, like I said, there was a little tightrope for me in that I felt like there were a few instances where I was like ready to flip the play date over and just call it a day. Like, ah, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm no good for this game and this game's no good for me. This is a bad relationship, Escapion, but that was not the case. I just needed to push through another pattern or two. And then once again, it became rewarding. It was, it was really, really impressive especially for free. My goodness, DigiCarrot, what the heck are you doing? I want to give a shout out to DigiCarrot, the developer who is offering us this for free. But not only this, DigiCarrot has a number of other games. In fact, you may recall one of my picks, Queen of Minecarts. DigiCarrot mm -hmm. also did this one, as well as Super High School Sports Day Crankathlon <laughs> <laughs> and Sight Blight. I have not played those latter two games and I have just downloaded and uh, after playing Queen of Minecarts and Escapion, man, I feel like I need to be on the lookout for more DigiCarrot jams. These are so cool. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, well, you and I enjoyed this game, but do you want to hear what the folks from our Discord had to say? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, so there was some initial uh, confusion uh, and, and some 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 rough starts uh, that people were sharing, um, but uh, Orkin mentioned uh, giving it a quick play. It is fun. The main escape mode opens a little slow to keep repeating, but it doesn't help that I'm bad at it, is what they said. <laughs> um, Schizo said, yeah, it's really cool and well-made. I just wish there were like several lives, so it's less punishing. Does the game have an end? And Respondent said, it's a short adventure. Um, so uh, Dean mentioned it's about five minutes to complete, and Schizo said, good to know. feel like it's doable. Um, that's some good information to have, because once you get it, once you have those patterns down, that that is, yeah, about a five-minute game, which sounds crazy that it would take us so many tries to get through a five-minute game, but it's it's really well-designed. Um, definitely. And uh, Gamagot uh, gave it several, several shots and said uh, this is... Uh, the last score that they posted was quite a lot of tries. Like games of this genre, I was learning the patterns and slowly getting better and further. Most runs, slow march onwards. But where I last died might be above my skill level. I'll see when I pick it up again another day. Um, Schizo said it's quite well made because I always feel like I can still go a little bit further. Uh, just redoing the beginning each time is a bit annoying, but that's part of the game. And then they lost at the boss shortly thereafter. Um, remember... Mm, four ends. Scapion rules. First proper shmup on the system. And the Dujin vibes are strong. Uh, Don said it gets a lot right on such a small screen. And in chimed back in and said, I wish there were more of a scoring system, since right now it's kill everything and don't die. Uh, once you have the patterns memorized, there's no room left for improvement. And one life only is pretty brutal, since I'm prone to mistake. I appreciate the extra modes. Even have different graphics, though. Did you notice this, Ryan? I only noticed it in the background. Yes, so, same. Um, I, I didn't think any of the enemies or the ship was different, but instead of this like quickly scrolling background, it was sort of like one of those 80s synthwave uh, environments where there's like a, a grid pattern moving off into infinity. It was sort of like that, but for the whole screen. Um for the endurance one, if I'm remembering correctly. And then uh, I I can't remember. I, I've only played the daily challenge a time or two. Doesn't it have sort of a blank screen on that one? I don't recall. I thought I thought it was slightly different, but not not extremely different. Yeah. Uh I, I did want to you know make a, a minor rebuttal here uh to one of our Discord members, uh, especially since he's not here to defend himself. Uh he says that um so once you have the patterns memorized, there's no room left for improvement. I got to say, I disagree with that because there are a number of instances where even from the very start, there's uh, several rockets that are coming up from the bottom. And yes, you can hit seven of those and you always hit seven. But then there's like this uh, diagonal series of rockets and you've got a book if you want to hit yeah. four out of six of those. And yeah, that's true. I'm curious if there's a possibility of maybe getting five out of six of those. I haven't tried it yet. I've managed to get four out of six. Um, but when you're getting four out of six, you're running pretty close to those obstacles and really yeah. running, uh, uh, getting very close to clipping one, which means game over. And so uh, I feel like that's an instance where you could get more points. There's also an instance where tiny circles start coming around the screen and then moving sort of in a heat sinking motion toward you. And uh, I think that's another instance where you could level up your score quite a bit. Um, for me, I was focused on trying to get through the escape round and, uh, and that means survive. And so I was not in point mode, but if I wanted to increase my points, I'd go back to sections like that and really try to hone in on how I could hit each of those heat sinking ones to the best of my ability. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there because there's probably 20, 30, 35 of those that circle the screen and come towards you. So uh, I was hitting maybe one or two, um, but there's a lot more opportunity there. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of growth that I can have in the scoring, uh, even with uh, the way that it's designed currently. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very curious if 
everything on one side is totally destructible. Um, Cause I get the feeling that maybe it is just barely. Um, so I, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, you might have um, to be more specific, but mm-hmm. I know we're running out of time and we've got more yeah. uh, discord stuff to read. So yeah, let's, let's move on with that. Working cleared it. It's a very fun little game, and I love the background scroll. I wish it opened with some regular from the top enemies to shoot rather than slow from the bo- from below rockets. But that's me being picky. <laughs> Final boss was surprisingly and thankfully very beatable once I reached. Um, Chilman chimed in and said that you can skip to the combat and skip kind of the opening cutscenes by hitting B a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dean chimed in and said. I've collected some thoughts on this Fortnite's pixel panel title, another great game to dive into. Escapion took inspiration from an SG-1000 title, which I think is evident in its production. Hmm. Uh, that is likely true to those more familiar with the SG-1000 than I. was going to ask you what in the world that was. <laughs> it's a Sega console. Hmm. Um, prior Pre- to the Master, master System? system. Okay. I believe so, All yes. Right. Uh, it oozes nostalgia. The game transported me back to my childhood and the hours spent glued to my Master System 2. Hmm. I thought the visuals were crisp and enjoyed the creative pseudo 3D effect applied to the rolling background. The audio is engaging and energized and gives you that I can do this vibe. Mm-hmm. The single life mechanic is brutal and dominates the gameplay. I found learning the enemy attack patterns challenging. I'm yet to complete the escape mission, but was glad to see others were able to make it through, at least suggesting that with some focus, it's possible. TLDR, a wonderful blast of neo-nostalgia, simple and challenging and unbeatable value. It's free! A side note, I'm enamored with the generosity of those who gift their time to the community while producing wonderful and varied games to explore. Thank you to DigiCarrot for their generosity and everyone else producing games for us all to enjoy. And I uh, wanted to echo that sentiment. That is an incredible thing about this Playdate community. And I am so pleased that there are so many who are willing to sacrifice their time and energy to make these fun um, games for us to to enjoy and applications and, and all the different things that people have been experimenting with on the Playdate. Um, it is a lot of work to make anything. Uh, and it is extremely notable when it's given away for free mm. for people to enjoy so thank you thank you all yep yeah. indeed so digicarrot thank you for your generosity for making escapion and all these other fine games it looks like i've only played half of your games now i'm looking forward to playing the other half too definitely uh, which i believe brings us to the end of our pixel panel if you don't mind nick what do you think i believe so Okay, so that means I'm giving you a little sneak peek to next week's pixel panel game, which is uh, a a me choice, a Ryan choice. And the choice that I am making is for the fall of Elena Temple. Uh, This was Dawn inspired. So Dawn was uh, rattling through these. uh, Let me scroll up in our show notes. uh, Indie inventory. God, I can't remember any of these episodes. uh, segment titles. He was rattling through indie inventory last episode and highlighting this one in particular. And I thought, oh, that looks interesting. And uh, I thought, my goodness, this is so fun after playing it. Uh, so I'm choosing it for next episode's Pixel panel. It is available now, but it's going to have a full release on October 5th, which uh, is just before our next episode. So you could download it now and play 10 levels or if i'm understanding the itch page correctly i think it will have 20 levels when the full release happens uh this is currently a two dollar game and well worth it it's a little puzzle platformer and at the risk of taking away all my thunder from next week i will leave it at that and uh encourage you to pick it up as well i've had a ton of fun with it i completed the 10 levels and i can't wait for 10 more so uh that'll be next week cool or two weeks from now yeah two weeks thank you okay um so ryan yes indeed don's not here this means it's our time to play it's our Uh, time to shine (laughs) (laughs) tell me what have you been working on make me a pitch in oh my gosh Five minutes uh, or less. Okay. This is my, I think this will be my second to last, maybe third to last pitch before it actually launches. I am working on a big, 
beautiful, oversized hardcover art book featuring 20 years of my work in comics, illustration, and design. It has a heavy emphasis on process all the way throughout the book. So I'm not just showing you pretty pictures. I'm also showing you a ton of other pictures that are less pretty that show you how these pieces came to be. And not only am I excited about the content of the book, I'm also super excited about the uh, format of the book, which is extraordinarily fancy, dual cloth bound covers, dual foil stamped images on the front spine and back, copper gilded page edges, built in ribbon bookmark. And I haven't even got into the interiors of the book. The interiors have gatefold pages, vellum overlays, die cut reveals, and more. And if you're interested in it at all, you can check it out right now at onebiteatatimebook.com. That's onebiteatatimebook.com. That'll take you straight to the pre-launch page. I'm going to be launching a Kickstarter for this book on November 1st. It'll run throughout the month of November, but boy, howdy, would I ever appreciate any support I can get from the Playdate community. Um, this is something I've been working on for a very long time, and I'm so proud of how it's coming together. So onebiteatatimebook.com will get you there. The launch is in November, and I'd really love to have a big day one launch. So that's what I've been working on. Nicholas P. Baldridge, what are you working on? All right, so I have I have two things. Uh, the first is that my favorite pinball show of the entire year is coming up, and you may say there's more than one. Yes, there's quite a few different pinball shows, uh, but the best one, or or the one that I like the most, is called the York Show, the White Rose Game Room Show. It's in York, Pennsylvania, and it's October sixth uh, and seventh this year, Friday and Saturday. Uh, I will be there with a booth for four amusement-only games. I will have two P3s uh, mm. running uh, copies of Drained as well as my other games. I'll have merch and things for sale. Uh, and I would love to meet anybody who is coming on by and wants to play some pinball. Uh, York has a fantastic mix of games from all eras so all the way back to pure mechanical games from the 1930s to ultra modern games like drained on the p3 uh so if you're interested at all in pinball or interested in coming out and saying hello or in picking up a copy of coin op carnival of your very own this is a book that ryan and i co-wrote together mm -hmm. uh you can do that from the four amusement only games booth at the York show now uh the other thing uh, that I wanted to announce is a brand new game. I have what? a new game what? coming out, and it's coming out next week, Ryan. What? It's, it's called Drained Bite Sized. So this takes <laughs> the concept of Drained and turns it on its head a little bit. So instead of trying to stay alive for as long as possible, uh. Uh, you are instead trying to speed run the game. Mm -hmm. So uh, there are timers set up. Uh, that monitor how quickly uh, you progress through vampire battles and how quickly you progress through the game as a whole. And there are whole new leaderboards. I've added entirely new medals to collect, hmm. uh, in-game achievements, basically. Uh, there are Twitch chat integrations. So if you stream the game, uh, there are unique things that you can do to influence the game that the streamer is playing. Um and new light shows, uh, and a whole lot more. So uh, the game starts you with a base score of 25,000 points, and every target that you hit subtracts from that. But each time you <laughs> slay a vampire, it adds 10,000 points and also a ball in play. Oh, interesting. So if you slay all 15 vampires in the game perfectly, uh, you can have 16 balls on the play field at one time. <laughs> Uh, which would be ridiculous. Yes. Um, it is also extremely difficult, but uh -huh. everything not in this impossible. game, <laughs> yes, everything in this game is a total trade-off. So I, for all of the different positive aspects that you can achieve, there is a negative aspect to that thing. So there's never a straightforward path to completion of the game. Um, that'll encourage repeat play and on and on game design stuff. But uh, it is really fun, and I've had a lot of fun playing it uh, with casual groups 
of people in different focus groups that I've run while I've been making the game. So I'm hopeful that everyone will enjoy that and I'll be uh, revealing it on a stream uh, next next Tuesday, or I'm sorry, next Wednesday um, on twitch.tv slash buffalo pinball. But, awesome. Uh, awesome. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. I would like to take this opportunity to say hello to Don and I hope you enjoyed these paid promotional <laughs> yes. ads. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and with that said, I just want to follow up on a couple of things that you mentioned, Nick. One, listener, if you are within driving distance of York, Pennsylvania in a week and a half, I would highly suggest going out and checking out this show. Uh, if you are interested in retro gaming consoles, like I know you are because you picked up a play date, then I think you would really love this show because as Nick said, it is an era spanning show from early purely mechanical to early electromechanical to early flipper games when flippers were just introduced to electromechanical games to uh, modern uh, games with board sets and uh, alphanumeric displays and even more modern like television displays and all kinds of crazy stuff in them. So there's really one of the best mixes of pinball history in one place at the York show. Um, So go see Nick at the York show and play your hearts out. And if by chance you are not in driving distance to York, Pennsylvania, then go check out Nick's pinball machine at drainedpinball.com. All right. I think we did it, Nick. I think so. Uh, All right. Well, Ryan, uh, boop us out, please, with uh, some contact information. Oh, I thought you'd never ask. You can contact (laughs) us at our website at playdatepodcast.com uh we have a discord and i'm always confused about how to get to that but i'm sure you could email don at hello playdate podcast at gmail.com we're also on instagram at hello playdate uh we have not mentioned the bingos line in a long time but i'm gonna do it right now you can also call our bingos tip line at 724 bingos one that's 724-246-4671 hey who knows Maybe we'll even uh, do some editing and put your voice in the show. I wouldn't count on it, but it's worth a try. Uh, otherwise, we are looking forward to seeing you in boop-boop-boop weeks. And until then, boy, it's been fun. Nick, thank you for doing this with me. St. <laughs> Ryan and uh, Don, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll see you next time here on the Hello Playdate podcast. I'll tone it back down next episode, Don. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.